turn with Joshua chapter 14, Joshua chapter 14, and we're going to continue our study in Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. The Bible says, And the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenanite, said unto him, Thou knowest the things that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and thee, and Kenesh Barnanoah. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Canavash Barnera to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly follow the Lord my God. And Moses swore unto him that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day of Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. And now, therefore, give me this mountain where the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakins were there and that the cities were great and fenced. And so be the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, gave him to Caleb, the son of Jemnath, Hebron from a heritage. Hebron before, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kesarite unto this day because he wholly followed the Lord of Israel. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I praise you, Lord, for this time, Lord, as we look at Caleb, Lord, and what he accomplished for you because he wholly followed you. And Lord, I ask you, God, as we look at this text, Lord, we would look at our own life and ask ourselves that we wholly follow you just like Caleb did and Lord if we don't Lord I ask you God help us to take the next step Lord help us to do what you've called us to do to wholly follow you Lord maybe something standing in in the way of wholly following you maybe a, a relationship maybe a habit maybe a job a career whatever it may be Lord I ask you God you would help us to put those things aside that we can wholly follow you and as he said he claimed this mountain Lord Lord you called us to go to our Canaan spiritually speaking. This church is individuals, Lord, but so often we settle for mediocre. We stay in the wilderness, Lord. And I ask you, God, through the preaching teaching of your word this morning, Lord, you'd stir our hearts to action. And we just thank you and praise you, Lord. For someone here that don't know you, Lord, I ask you, God, that might be their first step is to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Lord. We just thank you and praise you. And these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to speak on this subject. Caleb claims his inheritance. Amen. My first born son is named Caleb. I, I love Caleb. I, I love the name Caleb. And Caleb is a picture of the child of God who's not satisfied with the ordinary. Amen. He, but, but who wants what God will give him? 
if you're willing to pay the price. God saves us and promises that we can have a life of victory, but so often we don't get the victory because we live defeated lives. Or so some people are like the children of Israel that just wander around in the wilderness because they look at all the giants in the land or all the things they face daily, and they give up. But many Christians are guilty of this, spiritual window shopping. You know, this guy told his wife one day, he said, why do you call it shopping when you don't buy anything? And she said, why do you call it fishing when you don't catch anything? But let me correct that. If it was called catching, then we'll be catching. Amen. It's called fishing because we're looking for something. Amen. But as believers, we need to do more than window shop when it comes to God's promise. We need to claim them for ourselves. Amen. I'm not talking about name it, claim it. I'm talking about, hey, resting on what God promised us as a believer. Amen. Just like the, the, the young lady sang a few moments ago, hey, her Jesus will sustain her when it's, when it's good, when it's bad, when it's painful, God will sustain you. And so Caleb's a picture of the Christian who's willing to pay the price, fight any battle in order to get victory in his life. You know, and I want to just think about this subject, you know, think about Caleb's inheritance. You know, as, as I read the, the text, and I don't know, I, I tried to do the research on it this morning, but there was a man in America, he would sing this song, I want that mountain. And you may not know this guy, but this guy, he, he'd sing up, he, he, for years he would say, I want that mountain, I want that mountain. And he would sing that song, God give me that mountain. And his name's Jerry Falwell. He prayed for that mountain and God gave him that mountain. Now it's one of the largest, most influential churches in America and got the biggest university in America, the fastest growing online university liberty university and you i mean you might not know this i was looking for the history of it but i never forget as a kid i would always hear that amen but i want to look at some characteristics about caleb and ask you these questions are do these characteristics are they in your life do they edify your life are they part of your life first of all you know the bible said this about caleb he wholly followed the lord first of all caleb he was committed amen he was committed to the lord wholly the word holy there, or that, that phrase means to close the gap. It's like closing the gap between a person and his prey. As a hunter begins to get to prey, he's closing in the gap. The word holy right there means to be filled. It's, it's a picture of a cell being filled with wind and being propelled with wind because it's been filled with wind. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying every inch, every ounce, every nerve, every fiber belonged to God and was filled by God. That's the same thing God wants us in, 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 our, in our early or in our lives. Amen. There's nothing wrong with thinking God deserves your all. God wants your all. He wants everything about you just like he did when, it, when you got saved. And so often we, we as believers, we don't give him our all. There's too many Christians leading themselves a contingency plan or an exit strategy. You know, there's a lot of preachers I deal with, and as, as preachers, sometimes they always keep something on the side just in case it don't work out with God. And they want to keep a job, and they say, Lord, I don't know, you know, but hey, when, when God wants want your all, he wants your all, amen. Hey, the, the, the contingency plan should be God. And when he wants you to give it all to him, give it all to him. And so there's, there's three little girls that were talking about their dads one day. One said, my father's a doctor, and he practiced medicine. Another said, my dad's an attorney, and he practiced the law. The third said, my father is a Christian, but he doesn't practice anymore. How many people 
do you know that used to be leaders in the church? That maybe used to be Sunday school teachers, deacons, pastors, but they don't practice anymore because they know well, they wasn't wholly committed to the Lord or they give up. There's a story about an old man who uh, his car broke down. He was being towed by a repair guy. And when they arrived to the repair shop, the guy driving the, the truck said, I didn't think we were going to make it up that hill. The man that was being pulled said, I didn't think either. That's why I kept holding on the brakes. <laughs> to live without total dedication to Christ is the same thing as holding back when it comes to the Lord. The Bible says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Hey, you got to be totally committed to the Lord. Amen. Totally committed. It, but so often we don't. You know, I heard a story about ham and eggs. The chicken definitely was involved, but the pig was definitely committed. Are you like the chicken or you like the, the pig? Are you committed? C.W. Spurgeon said this, the deep love and devotional of French soldiers had their leader Napoleon. He noted that it was not an unusual for a mortality wounded soldier to raise himself up on an elbow and give a final cheer to Napoleon at his death. You know, how, how often do we have that much devotion for the Lord? D.L. Moody heard this preacher named Henry Varley say this, the world has yet to see what God can do in him and through him for a man who's wholly committed to the Lord. D.L. Moody said this, by God's grace, I will be that man. And if you ever studied D.L. Moody, he turned two continents upside down. Amen. He was uneducated. He was unlearned. He was just a salesman, but he did all this. Why? Because he was sold out for Christ. You know, what we need American. We need some more believers are going to be totally sold out for Christ. And it's so important that we be like Caleb, be totally committed. James 4, 8 says, you know, if we submit ourselves to the Lord, hey, he had drawn, we draw near to him, he had drawn near to us, amen. And it's so important that we draw near to him. And then we see, not only was he committed, but I find it interesting, he was confident. He said, give me that mountain. You know, in and, and, and Deuteronomy chapter 1, the Bible says this, And the Lord heard the voice of your words, and was wroth, and swear, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see the good land which I swear unto thee, your fathers, save Caleb, the son of Jamath, he shall see it, and he will give the land that he hath trodden upon unto his children, because he hath wholly followed the Lord. So when he got there and they conquered the land, he said, look, I want that mountain. I mean, he was, he was confident in the Lord because the Lord already, Lord already made him that promise. You know, you think about this. Caleb and Joshua were the only two. Everybody else was 40 years young or younger. But the Bible says here he was 85 years old. And I don't know how old Joshua was. But he had to be pushing 82, amen, or, or older. But he had faith in the Lord that God was going to give him what he told him he was going to give him. Now, th th think about this. Faith is simply acting on what God says. Faith is simply taking God at his word and believing that he will do everything he promised. Now, think about it for a moment. Now, now God promised that to Caleb, but it was 85 years old before he got his promise. 
for 85 years, God told him. And I'm thinking, man, that's a long time to wait on God's promise. Amen. But think about old Abraham. Remember, God told him, hey, look here, you're going to have a son. And, you, and, I'm, I'm, and it's, it's gonna, it's, his seed's going to be like the sand, like the stars. And his wife's 90 years old. And when, 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 when she heard it, she laughed. Amen. But at 99, he had a son. You know, my thing, my, my, my mind's this, hey, faith is simply acting on what God says. You know, I've, I've heard, of, if you ever read a story of a guy named Manly Beasley, he lived by faith. He was a man that took God at his promise. You know, there's a, there's a story about a captain, an ocean steamer he tells about an occasion on a ship when he was in, he was engulfed in dense fog of the coast of Newfoundland. It was Wednesday evening. The captain had been on the bridge for 24 hours when someone tapped him on his shoulder and said this. And his name was George Muller. He said, Captain, he said, I must be in Quebec by Saturday afternoon. The captain said, that's impossible. And he said, I'm helpless. There's fog all over. And he said, let's go down in chart room and pray. And the captain thought he had a lunatic on board. He said, do you know what dense fog is? He said, no. Came to reply, my is not, he said, my eye is not on the dense fog, but on the living God who controls every circumstance of my life. So once in the chart room, Muller got down on his knees. He, get, he prayed and he said this. He said, oh, Lord, if it is your consistence with thy will, please remove this fog in five minutes. Thou knowest thy engagement that thou didst make for me in Quebec for charity. I believe in it is thy will. Amen. After he prayed, the captain started to pray, and Muller said, Stop. There's no use for you to pray. God's already answered <laughs> my prayer. And when he came out the room, the, the, the fog had been lifted. A true story. He's also the same guy who believed God provision for an orphanage and raised $4 million and didn't ask men for a dime, but he talked to God. Amen. That's faith. That's faith that it moved mountains. Faith is more than saying that you believe and what God says, faith is acting on what God says. Did you hear when I say faith is more than saying what you believe, what God says? It's acting on what God says. What, what Manny Beasy says, hey, if, if, if God told you someone's going to be saved, he said, just go ahead and pray like they're already saved, amen, because God's already told you, hey, act like it's already happened. Caleb lived in confidence because he knew it already happened, Amen. Think about it, for 85 years, or for 40-something years or whatever, he, he had that confidence that God was going to sustain him. You think about when we read at the beginning of Joshua, all the battles and all the guys who died when Achan sinned, Caleb knew he wasn't going to die. He knew he was invincible because God already told him he's going to give him the land, amen. He already told him he's going to give him what he wanted. He's acting on what God told him. Not only was he committed, not only was he confident, but he was courageous. Caleb's life commitment led to confidence, and confidence led to courage. First of all, he had to overcome the grasshoppers. What do you mean he had to overcome the grasshoppers? You read the text. The Bible says there was 12 spies that was sent out. Amen. They first went to the land. There was 12 spies. I read Deuteronomy a few minutes ago, and those 12 spies, two people come back and said, look here, you give us the land, let's go get it. Ten people come back and said, there's giants in the land. We can't conquer the land. 
Who did God let get to the land? The two that saw how big their God was over how small the giants were. And I truly believe some of us as believers never will see the promised land because we look at the grasshoppers. We, we, look, at, we look at all the things that's going on. And you think about when the disciples was in the boat and Jesus walking across the water and they were in a storm. And then only one was, 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 had enough faith to walk on water. And remember, he stepped out of the boat while the, all the other ones were scared. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you willing to step out of the boat? You say, well, there's a storm out there. Hey, yeah, but like this lady, I, I love that song, amen. Let me tell you what Jesus did, amen. Hey, hey, if you get with Jesus, there's no storm that can touch you. He'll sustain you. Hey, you think about Paul. You think about all the things he went through. But God sustained him up to the time he was time to be with the Lord. He said he fought a good faith, a good, good fight. He kept the faith and he finished his course. I want to, I want to have that testimony when I die, amen. Not only cover, overcome the grasshoppers, but he overcome the giants. You know, as I said earlier, there was giants in the land, but he was willing to overcome them for the Lord. Let's be honest this morning. What kind of giants do you face? Is it a giant of discouragement? Is it a giant of, fi of finances, maybe sickness, maybe famine, maybe distress, maybe doubt, maybe defeat? You got two options. You can look at it in fear or you can look up in faith and see how big your God is, just like he did. He was confident. He, be he became courageous. You know, Derek Redmond, he's a British runner who participated in the 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona. Barely into the 400-meter race, he pulled a hamstring and fell to the ground. Everyone thought he was finished. But the much surprised the spectators, this courage, courageous athlete slowly stood up, began to hobble across the track. But however, he couldn't make it. It was apparent. He was in too much pain. And then someone come from the crowd and got up under him and began to carry him across the finish line. The stadium roared. He completed the race. But the scene was moving and and one, no one knew this except for Derek, but his own father linked arm in arm and helped his son cross the finish line. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying our heavenly father will come arm in arm with us that we'll go over the finish line. No trial, no, no, no situation too big enough that he won't carry us through. But I only had to overcome grasshoppers, giants, but... Lastly, he had overcome gray hairs. What do you mean by gray hairs? He was old, amen. But I, I love what he said, though. And I, I hope I can have this testimony. I, I haven't reached that age yet. I'm 48 years old. But at 85 years old, when God gave him that promise at 40, he said, I have the same strength today that I had when you told me that. That's how much God sustained them, amen. And I, I, I would I love that, you know, when I, when I see preachers, I see preachers all the time. There's preachers that are, 80 years old that some look like they're just death warmed over. I'm also going to be honest with you. And there's some preachers that look like they're 80 years old and they're still full of energy, full of excitement. Hey, I want to be one of those preachers, amen. I want to be one of those preachers or one of those, those folks when I get 85, I still got strength, I still got zeal, I got, still got excitement. I still want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be courageous and take that mountain, amen. And he was that way. It reminds me of a story that a comedian Jerry Clower used to tell 
about Uncle Versi. Amen. You ever, ever heard of Uncle Versi Ledbetter? He used to tell those stories. That used to be my favorite comedian because he stayed clean. And he was a believer. But one day he had a mule named Della. Della fell down in a, a well that Uncle Versi thought he had covered up, but he didn't. And Uncle Versi had a problem. There is best mule down in the well, and there's no way he could get the mule out of the well. He didn't want to, her to stay down there and starve, so he decided to get a shovel and cover her up. He said it'd be cruel, but it would be better than letting her down there and starve to death at the bottom of the well. So Uncle Versi took a shovel of dirt, and he threw it down in the well, and every time a shovel of dirt hit Odella, she'd shake it off. And she would stomp it. And it wasn't very long that Della had shaken off enough dirt and stomped it so much that she had got high enough to jump out of the well. So what are you saying? The moral of the story is either our problems will bury us or we'll shake them off and stomp them down until God gives us victory. Amen? Amen. So it's so important, hey, that not only we're committed to God, we're confident in God, but we're courageous but let's see, lastly, he was a conqueror. Caleb experienced what God promised. He climbed the mountain. He defeated the giants. He got exactly what God called him to possess. The word Hebron, the place where he claimed for his possession, is called fellowship, or it means fellowship. Caleb refused until he had fellowship totally with the Lord. I want to say this right here. This needs to be our battle cry this morning. We must refuse to give up, back up, shut up, be held up until we have stood up, lined up, read up, prayed up, confessed up, and stored up, and looked up, and filled up on everything the Lord wants us to have, church. Hey, God's called us to go claim our land. He's called us to take it. And you say, well, preacher, you don't understand my trial. Hey, I think about a guy named Noah, amen. He had to build an ark. He was expecting a flood when rain had not even happened yet on earth and people thought he was crazy but he said lord told me to build an ark and him and his family were saved and he replenished the earth i think about three hebrew boys hey they were willing to bow they were willing to boogie they weren't going to dance to the music amen and my bible tells me they weren't willing to burn either the bible said they threw them in the fiery furnace and they, they weren't willing to compromise. We live in a world where everybody wants to compromise. Hey, if you get thrown in the fiery furnace, God will sustain you. Hey, I think about Daniel in the lion's den. When the king passed a decree not to pray, the Bible says he began to pray as he always had. And the old king threw him in the lion's den. And the Bible says that old king couldn't sleep all night because he thought about old Daniel. What happened the next morning? He come in there, and you know what's amazing? Is when he come in there, and they moved the stone away from the lion's den, he didn't say, wonder if Daniel's alive. He just said, Daniel! He already knew Daniel was alive, amen? He knew God was going to sustain him. Hey, we should know that God's going to take care of us. Hey, you're sustained. Hey, you're protected until God calls you home. And I want to I I finish with the last thought. There's a vast difference between a promise and a possession. God promised Israel the land, just like God promised us a place where we need to go. But look here, they had to go possess it for themselves. Hey, we have to do our part, church. Hey, if God's going to move this church to the next level, if God's going to move this church to where it needs to be, 
Hey, God's promises, God gives a vision, but it's our job to go possess it. It's our job to take it. It's our job to live in confidence, to be totally committed, and be totally sold out for the Lord. The question is this morning, are you sold out? Are you totally sold out for the Lord? If you're not, what's holding you back? You say, well, preacher, you don't, you don't know what I'm dealing with. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know who can overcome anything. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hey, you know, I don't know where you are this morning, but I'm going to encourage you, hey, what's that next step you need to take when it comes to the Lord? What's that one thing you need to give up so you can wholly follow the Lord? You know, what I love about this, this man, Caleb, is his testimony speaks for itself. There's five times in the Bible where it says that he wholly followed the Lord. Let me ask you a question this morning. If someone to write a biography about your life, if you were to die right now, could they say that you wholly followed the Lord? Or would they say, well, they were a Christian when, when it was convenient, or they were a Christian when it was on Sunday, or when everything was going right, they were fine. But could you say you wholly followed the Lord? With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning,